This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we launch into another week of fun and excitement here, talking to you about anything you want. That is the point of the program. Uh, you may take advantage of the phone lines or sit back and enjoy the show. 800-259-9231. As, uh, again, the show is about your calls, but in the absence of those, well, we've got things that interest us. And, Mark, what do you want to start us off with tonight? Uh, well, um, it looks like the EP. Uh, this is from businessandmedia.org. It looks like the EPA wants a cow tax that could charge $175 per dairy cow to curb greenhouse gases. Okay, this is, first off, uh, $175 per cow. And I assume this is per year. Why in the world would they stop at just one-time fee for a cow, right? That seems like a pretty hefty fee. It it doesn't sound like too, too much to me, but, um, you know... It's too much anyway. I mean, does, the, does yeah. the government now own your cows, too? Well, they've apparently owned your cows for a long time. Yeah. Okay, call this one of the newest and inno- most innovative ways your government has come up with to battle greenhouse gas emissions. I don't know that taking money from people is going to battle greenhouse gases, but indirectly it could be considered <laughs> a cheeseburger tax. But one of the suggestions offered by environmental, the Environmental Protection Agency is that the uh, advanced notice of proposed rulemaking for regulating greenhouse gas emissions under the Clean Air Act is to levy a tax on livestock. The ANPR, um, that's the uh, advanced notice of proposed rulemaking, released earlier this year would give the EPA, and this isn't a law, this is a rule. Right. And right. give the EPA the authority to regulate greenhouse gas for not only greenhouse gases from man-made sources like transportation and industry, but also stationary resources, which would include livestock. The, and this, by the way, is the first thing I've heard of that would uh, even come close to attacking greenhouse gases, if that's such a thing. If you believe the greenhouse gas story. Are we talking about cow farts again Got to stop yeah. the methane. Methane is a much bigger issue than uh, than than... CO2 emissions from cars and all that. They're also going to have to fill in swamps too. Yeah, swamps, yeah. swamps, swamps are a get problem. Get rid of that marsh gas. Yeah, but those, but those are wetlands, so we must protect them. Wait, <laughs> that gas. Awesome. What are we going to do to protect the environment? We're destroying the environment. I don't think I can handle this. Yeah, it's it's uh, very confusing. So the dairy, ta- uh, the tax for dairy cows could be. What about regular cows? Uh, could be $175 per cow and 87 point. Uh, Eighty-seven fifty uh, per head of beef cattle. So beef cattle, not as big of a problem as dairy cattle, apparently. The tax on hogs would be upwards of $20 per hog. The release said any operation with more than 25 dairy cows, 50 beef cattle, and 20 hogs would have to obtain permits. Yeah, I saw this story before, Mark, just earlier today, and there were some rumbles about this. I was over at uh, F. Paul Wilson's website, and there's a really good poster over there who picked up on this about a month ago, and she had seen it very, very early and uh, it just struck me as it brings it to the nth degree. First, the science isn't even backed up because they they have some statistics in there that say, well, they think that by doing this, they'll cut down on X amount of uh, greenhouse gases and things like that. But oh, science. It's not about science. It's about making people feel good about it themselves really and right. protecting their buddies in industry. Exactly. <laughs> and and th- this sort of thing, as you said, it's not even a law. And second of all, even if it were a law... Would it be justified under the U.S. Constitution? 
No, it would not, because they can't make a provable case that methane gases rising up from farms in the Midwest would be bringing any causable any any r- cause of harm to anyone else anywhere. <laughs> you see, this is the case where cows have been farting for a long right, time. Right, you, you know, yeah. based on and and you know, for for those of us here, you know, when I sit in with you guys on Free Talk Live, you know, we go beyond the Constitution to an even freer concept of society where the Constitution might not necessarily apply. But if we are going to p- pose our question within the framework of the government, then what we need to do is say, is the government justified in handling this? And the only reason they would be justified is if there were someone who were being harmed someplace else. Then the Interstate Commerce Clause would be called into play, and they could go into the Congress and say, we need to do something about this. Somebody but there's could no make proof. The, you could make the argument that, that uh, farting does harm people. I mean, it's I not, suppose the, you it's could. not the most pleasant and, thing know, in the world. And I should, I should retract my statement a little bit. Then it, would be, it wouldn't even be a case of of the Interstate Commerce Clause coming into play because the Interstate Commerce Clause was written to stop tariffs between states. What this oh, would be, that, it yeah, would be, been this would be a tort, this would be a tort case yeah. in that case. You'd have to go to court to file a claim of damages because your median temperature in your area had been increased by X amount and it was harming your lifestyle. It would be a tortious case and again you have no proof of, of any sort of Who damage so yeah. you can't go to court. This whole thing is, is predicated on a falsehood of a scientific falsehood in the first place. They can't prove it. And second of all, you can't prove, even if you could prove that it were, were raising the the temperature, the median temperature by X amount of degrees, within a lifespan, you can't prove damages. So all of this activity is A, unconstitutional, and B, even if you were going to bring it up for a tort claim, it's you wouldn't be able to do anything. It's stupid. It wouldn't go into a court. Rush Limbaugh said on, the sh- on his show today that uh, apparently there's as much, and I believe you know that he had to check, if he's going to say facts, he has to pretty much check them, I would assume, yeah. that there's as much Arctic ice now as there was in 1979 when the scientists were predicting the next ice age. Yeah, and of course, uh, if you look at it, a median temperatures in the, in the in the world, they plateaued at 1998. Now they've started going down over the past yes. few years. So we're in a global cooling phase recently, and the Antarctic has been increasing in, in size with regard right. to its glaciers. But facts do not dissuade these people. Yeah. I, I re- yeah. read recently that, uh, in fact, that some, some European scientists are coming up with Plan B, which is to uh, sprinkle pixie dust or some, some <laughs> something um, ab- about, and uh, it, I think it's in the water. They're going to put pixie <laughs> Us in the water. Wait, 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 wait. You, you mean they can't just pass a law that'll make all the Oh, they're going to do that too, my friend. It'll just make all the chemicals just disappear, won't well, it? Well, maybe. If they just sign a piece of paper. Can't they make farts smell better if they just well, pass it, a law too? I don't know well, if you guys, have, do, you do watch, Myth, you watch Mythbusters uh, once I in a while, right? I've heard it's a great well, show, though. Yeah, carry on Mythbusters is one of the major reasons for any male to watch, almost any male, to watch the program. Uh, she's just awesome. She's cute. She's great. And Carrie ain't doing nothing for me. Oh, saying. well, sorry, man. Well, <laughs> anyway, they had, they had one episode that never aired to see whether or not pretty women pass gas. Nice. <laughs> you know, far be it from me to start your program off by introducing this subject, but it, this, this inevitably leads issue. one. If you're getting government policies, look, here's the thing. You've got government imposing damages on people because if they do this, A, without a law, unconstitutional, uh, because the, the Congress is not supposed to be able to cede any of its power to any other body. This is not even one of its powers, so they're inventing a power that they're ceding to another body, so mm-hmm. it's a double blow. But let's say they impose this, 175 per head of cattle, right? Let's say they do this. That is a harm on the consumer, 
to Correct. X amount. They're because not getting their protein or whatever. They'll have to turn to something else. You'll have to pay more for exactly. the products. Exactly. So seven eight cents per, seven to eight cents per gallon. Right. So if we if we milk per milk. Oh, okay, oh that's gotcha. just perfect. So not so, to mention hamburger and the other. Products. Yeah, not to mention right. Uh, so let's say we've got that right. Let's say we impose that on people. Uh, that is a damage that you're incurring on those people, right? Well, if the government can do this in this invisible way, and people will just accept it as the pot gets turned up and the frog gets a little bit warmer, yep, then they do. Then would the government, then you know, the, the the movers and shakers in the offices of government, then say, well, we're going to do something even further because we're not stopping enough methane. We're going to force everyone to have to take gas X. We're going to force everyone not to eat broccoli. Mm. Or beans, lentils, anything that can cause any sort of gas. Because human beings, the larger the population increase, human beings are just wiping out out the environment. Eventually, if you keep farting, somebody's going to light a match. Well, we're all going to die. And then, of course, if it comes down to it, you could say, well, we could actually impose a regulation on females to have to become sterilized or men to get their tubes tied beyond a certain number of children that they have born. Because those children are causing problems for the atmosphere, and that damages all of us. Just like in Canada, Mm. they forced everybody to put helmets on because, well, we all pay your medical bills. So if this is the logic behind this thing, then they can, you you know, where do you stop? You don't. There is no ending point. And you're right. Uh, The socialist medicine system is used as an excuse around the world to control people's behavior. Uh, so if anybody thinks it's going to be somehow different here in America when it's implemented, you're nuts. 800-259-9231 would love your thoughts on this or whatever you want to discuss. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. It's actually, uh, you know what, I think there is a submission somewhere in my email box. I just am a little backed up. So I think we've got a new Shriner coming out here within the next week or so uh, as soon as I get to that. Right. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Com. Uh, so we're talking, uh, start of the show out tonight with a story about $175 tax or fee. Are they calling it a fee, Mark, this new $175 thing? Uh, there, uh, it says tax in the story, but uh, yeah, the EPA isn't uh, really yeah. saying. Yeah. They'll well, use the, the quaint terminology. Huh? Yes, a duck is a duck, right? Uh, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it probably is one. So this is obviously a new tax, whatever it is they're calling it. But they're going to be taxing every single head of cattle. In the entire country. Now, hogs too. And hogs as well. And maybe they'll start taxing more than that. Maybe chickens are coming next. I mean, chick- apparently they're being taxed because they fart too much or, yeah. or something like that. Pretty soon we're all going to be eating fish, you know. Right. I mean, I hope they don't find out Which, about... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If you eat fish, you're you're depleting the fisheries, uh, the world's uh, fishery population. Uh, this, yeah. this is terrible. It's already depleted terribly. Sorry. You cannot eat fish. You must eat soybeans. Well, it's, that's okay because there are no more fish. Uh, Julia has informed me that according to the people over at PETA, they have renamed fish to, to sea kittens. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Sea kittens. You didn't, you didn't get the, uh, the press release on that one? Wow. The people over at PETA are completely bat-ass crazy. What do you do when you're getting attacked by a great white out on the seacoast of Australia? <laughs> and like, oh, that giant sea kitten. Throw, throw, throw a ball of yarn, dummy. <laughs> yeah. I guess the idea was that uh, fish just aren't taken as... I don't. I guess people see them as not as oh friendly as your average kitties or dogs, and so they wanted people to stop eating fish. So they figured if they renamed fish to sea kittens, then it would be that much more difficult for people to dig into their next fillet. So mm. I, well, okay, uh, they're, it's not going to stick any at all anywhere. No, of However, course not. It's ludicrous. Are they saying that it is then better to eat kittens than fish? You know, all I, mean, I can think of is Shakespeare. A rose by any other name would smell just as sweet, and a fish by any other name would smell would be just as slimy. Although yeah. the 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 connotations, the 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 visual and oral connotations, or, or the sound of words, do have an effect on people. I think at a certain point. I guess that was their intention, and of course, they're marketing all of their stuff at little kids. This is being marketed towards. Uh, small children, and I guess the idea is to, uh, you know, is to get the kids to strike up a conversation with mom and dad about uh, what they eat. And of course, they're against eating any sort of animals. They're actually against owning animals, as a matter of fact. Most kids are against eating a lot of things. Yeah, you know, the macaroni and cheese and, and chicken fingers uh, it seem to be on just about every kid's menu out there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and. Uh, you know, you know, you know Mark, uh, Ian, you mentioned earlier, uh, we were, we, I just happened to, to delve into the Canadian uh, medical system and how they control people's lives because they say we all pay. And uh, this is analogous with this, uh, this tax on anything that is emitting methane, right? So uh, what I find fascinating about this is uh, you happen to mention that, you know, um, this whole thing is, or I guess someone else in the room mentioned during a break, this whole thing is sort of a religion, and it is a religion. It's not based on any sort of scientific fact or anything like that. It's based on a bunch of theories. The whole that, environmental change thing? Yeah, exactly. That uh, anthropogenic global warming, man-made global, man-made, man's activity is causing global warming. And uh, what fascinates me is, in a way, um, the the socialists are going to be moving in to control our lives with environmental movements the same way that they've been going in to control our lives with uh, medical care. Mm-hmm. So they completely destroy the health care system with regulation after regulation after regulation. And what do they do with the food supply? They apply more and more regulation to transportation, to what, what can be in it. Uh, you know, yep. you're going to have taxes on this stuff now. It's the same sort of thing. It's this encroachment and fear that if people are left to their own devices, that somehow the world will somehow collapse. And yet, it's when people are left to their own devices that advancement occurs and people's lives are bettered. It's not advanced by someone going in and knocking somebody else on the head and taking what he what he made. All you have to do is look at Plymouth Plantation. For goodness sake, yeah. they tried that and they couldn't make it. They tried group-owned property, and it didn't work. They tried Plato, and it turned out Plato, Plato was a fool, and Socrates was too. And they figured it out and changed. Yeah, they changed. <laughs> What's it going to take for Americans and people around the world to figure out that socialism is destructive, that forced redistribution of wealth is is something that's not desirable for mankind. What what will it take for people to to come to these conclusions? I mean, it seems like you know, we're very far away from people having that epiphany. You know, I, I'm reading a I'm reading a, a a long essay. It's actually a collection of speeches uh, by a man named uh, Bertrand de Journeau, and um, he he passed away a while ago. 
And this is something that was published by Liberty Fund Books, and it's part of a seminar I'm going to be attending in February. And um, so it's it's one of the, the pieces of the criterion that, uh, that I have to read. It's in the syllabus. And uh, it's called The Ethics of Redistribution. And um, this this uh, this writer goes into criticizing socialism, criticizing Marxism and communism and so mm-hmm. on. He criticizes Rousseau, one of the first people to really articulate the socialist ideal. And, but unfortunately, this guy starts off from the standpoint of saying, well, you know, the socialists want equality of outcome. And so they want redistribution of wealth based on people's needs, right? And he says, yeah. And he says, you know, a lot of people want fairness. And I have no problem, he says, with the idea that, you know, land should be equally distributed. Because, you know, God put us all on this earth and no one owns the earth. So therefore, you know, I can understand equal distribution of land at the outset. And then everybody can use their skills beyond that. And I'm saying to myself, how is it possible that even a guy who supposedly defends liberty doesn't understand the principal foundations of how we have to deal with each other when we have a certain amount of limited natural resources? We have to allow people to be able to acquire those natural resources without artificially having other people tell them who can have it. Without having some so, know-it-all handing out uh, little right. land passes so he to starts, people. He's, he has a total non-starter. He says, oh, well, yes, you know, I'm criticizing socialism, but I certainly accept the idea that land should be distributed equally among people to give them all a fair start. Well, Check who your premises. what's fair? What kind yeah. of land am I going to get? When is the start? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. When did we start? I'm not sure when we started. Uh, you can have this swamp over here. Because the land yeah. was relatively equal at that point. And, uh, you know, I mean, people could go get it. And there's there's free land out there for the taking right now. Go to Venus. Get well, some you free know, land. This is the thing, too, too Mark, as you know. Not only do, does, does every parcel of land have different qualities to it or whatever it might be, granted in the, in the, in the uh, ground or water nearby or a swamp or an oceanfront area, whatever it might be, plains for planting, uh, whatever. Uh, but in addition to that, over time, people value those things differently because human ingenuity applies itself in new ways. Right. Oil used to be a nuisance to farmland. Absolutely. Land. 1-800-259-9231 until somebody in search of a profit figured out how to turn it into a valuable resource. Right. Uh, you can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features totally free. So enjoy those on us. 
Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire have touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved... Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. It's a, it's a wonderful organization that is just brand new. It's getting started, and it could use your support. cdevolution.org allows you to essentially not stick your head above the water and support those who are willing to do so. And I think that's a, that's a position a lot of people would mm. like to be in because they've got a lot to risk. They've got a lot on the line. And, well, there are people, honestly, with less, on, you know, with less to risk that would be more effective at doing civil disobedience. And if you are one of those people that just has too much on the line and you feel too uncomfortable getting involved personally, this is a great way to get involved with your finances and really help those folks out that are doing uh, really some amazingly brave, courageous work. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Sam from Texas, who I guess he's no longer from Texas, we'll have to OTN Sam, Obscure Truth Network Sam today, was actually preparing to uh, be involved in a little disobedience, but it didn't work out. We were doing the uh, the Fully Informed Jury Association outreach this morning, as we do on a monthly basis here in Keene, New Hampshire. I, I don't know how many other places around the country have this happening on a consistent basis. I don't imagine there are too many of them. If you know of any other places where this goes on, I'd love to hear about it, but how many other how many other Fiji activists are out there every single jury selection? In a group. In a group. Yeah. Handing out fully informed jury association information. Is it happening consistently anywhere else? I'd love to know. I've invited, actually, I've uh, posted a challenge over on the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, uh, which is kind of a forum for more political activists here in, in New Hampshire. I posted a challenge and said, hey, what's going on here, guys? I mean, our little group here in Keene, a uh, little group of activists and little old Keene is doing this Fiji outreach uh, every single time they've got jury selection. I understand that big places like Manchester might have selection more than once a month, uh, but you also have more, more activists. People. So what's going on? Where's your Fiji outreach? This is a great political uh, action yeah. that people can take. And I think it can make a big difference. You're handing out information, telling potential jurors, hey, you have the right to judge these cases based on your thoughts about the law, not whether or not the facts in the case are true. You can actually say, well, I don't agree with the prostitution law, so not guilty. We're giving people that information as they're walking into the courthouse. And they're bored as hell sitting in there. People have thanked us. They've said, wow, thanks. I needed something it's, to read. It's really empowering, too, when you're there and you have the information and you know that other people don't have the information, mm. and you can give them that. You know, sure. I, as I've mentioned here before, I've sat there for a jury pool and actually stood up and said to the judge, there's something that you did not have on your card for <laughs> our <laughs> jurors' rights and duties, which is the fact that we can find someone not guilty if we believe the law is wrong. And you were summarily dismissed. No, I wasn't, no? but actually what happened was the judge said, they bring everybody in in one group, right. and they sit everybody down and hand you this card so i he says anybody have any questions anyone have any questions uh, yes sir perfect I have opportunity a, i have a question um <clears throat> so yeah <clears throat> so i was going to say something like uh, can i you know decide to not pay your your salary here but that wasn't an option <laughs> so uh so i said i said my statement and he said well uh yes yes the young man is correct uh that is that is true you can find someone not guilty if you think the law is wrong 
So then, that's amazing that he even admitted yeah, that they split you up into separate rooms. Out. No, that not yet, not at that point. It was funny, Mark. <laughs> uh, it was weird because I, I sat down in uh, in this other courtroom and they started to pick jurors. And the, the amazing thing was that a few days before I had had to go in for this stupid jury duty thing. Duty. Um, <laughs> the phraseology is hilarious. I had seen a report on a local TV station about a man in Manchester, which they call Manch Vegas because mm-hmm. they often has have video games there, which is illegal, <clears throat> and uh, he was operating a video gambling thing in the back of his video store, and so I thought, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if I got seated on that jury? Oh, man, that would be so... Well, guess what? Who's sitting there at the defense table when I'm brought over to this new wow. courtroom? This guy. I said, oh, oh, man, this is going to be great. They picked me. They, I no go up, and I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in the jury box, but the prosecutor... They had have heard you previously. Exactly. They uh-huh. have the they have the, the they can pull off a certain number of people. Both prosecution and defense right. can say we'd like to uh, re- replace that person or that person before it's all finally seated. Were you the first to go? I was the first yeah. to go. The prosecutor was like, "Not that guy." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why the, uh, See, the fully now hold on just a second. This yeah. is this is one thing that bothers me about the whole prosecution process. I understand things are supposed to be fair, but hold on. Every one of us is a citizen. The prosecutor should not get to pull anyone. I, one I, yeah. out of the That's jury pool. Now, I can right. see why the defense would be able to. Prejudice. Yeah. But there absolutely shouldn't be that case. Why should the state? The state has the burden of proof. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. all the burden relies with them. Lies with them. Why in the world do they get to kick citizens off of the uh, out of the jury pool? That's you are absolutely wrong. Uh, yeah. Your point is absolutely spot on there, Mark. Um, however, the odds of changing that within the system are much lower absolutely. than it's, Going out and actually handing out enough flyers to the jurors to where you can actually just I concur sort of with that. However, I think pool. that there's a I think you have standing for a court case. I mean, the 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 whole system is flawed as I, a juror who has been right, kicked off. You've been kicked off, and it was obviously with prejudice. And they the the and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't matter why it is, but it's obvious that it was wouldn't with, it be interesting prejudice. if there was ideological discrimination. And and Ian, I think you were probably going to say uh, earlier that 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 makes it even uh, better to be able to hand out the pamphlets in a way where no one inside sees. All these people have been handed this stuff beforehand. Oh, they know. No one is selected. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> we're standing right out in front of the courthouse. So you're getting everybody, and every it's just universal. Di- every person's going to have one of those, so they can't go. Almost and try everybody. To- well, here in New Hampshire, almost everybody takes them. Down in Florida, when I did this, I did this a couple times down in Florida to get yeah. a little experience at it, and I. I don't know. It's probably like 60% of people take it down there, whereas about 90% of people that walk by take it up here. Interesting. People down in Florida were very suspicious of your motives. Uh, the people down in Florida would make comments to the effect of, well, I don't believe in trying to get out of jury duty. Look, that's not what I'm trying to explain to you. Right. This is not, a, you know, it's not about that. Well, they people in Florida presume. are also older and therefore crankier. Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand. You just, a, say, you just say, hey, put yourself in the place of a possible defendant, okay? And you know what's interesting? Uh, this is all derived the fully informed jury thing is all derived from common law, British common law. And, you know, we were talking earlier, uh, last week or the week before, about the growth of law as an artificial thing, where you don't need law because you can have societal agreements that are similar to laws, and you don't have to have Mm -hmm. codifications by politicians or judges that are paid for whether you like it or not. It can all be done through common law. And as Sheldon Richmond uh, once told me, he said, yeah, Gard, you know, that was the way the common law came up. They didn't have the term the way we have it now, codified law, 
until after they had this spontaneous organic outgrowth of human interaction where people came up with their own rules of societal behavior. And they said, you know what? This is what I accept in this particular society among my friends. This is good. We'll mm-hmm. have restitution if somebody steals. We'll have make sure that murder is not right. These were common law things. They weren't codified or written down. Now you've got things codified, and in under the British common law system, when they had the judges, when they had the magistrates there and so on, uh, the common law system was such that the people could, if they were put on a jury, it was very well understood, find someone not guilty. It was the last check against the feudal system. Correct. And in this case, they're trying to eliminate that as they've increased they've codification. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They took what was what was organically created through spontaneous interaction of people. They took over. The state took it, codified it, and then they eliminated this, or they're trying to eliminate this uh, oh, fully informed jury. Just about eliminated. As a simple example of how eliminated it has been, there was a defense attorney who came into the court today when we were doing the Fiji outreach who had never heard of jury nullification. He loved the idea. He'd never heard of it before. Wicked. So now you're teaching it in law school. 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI tool free line. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, now if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You can buy even used items through Amazon, and Free Talk Live will still get a cut. So feel good, because you're getting the things that you need for life, and maybe the things you want, too. And Free Talk Live is getting a percentage. If you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com, let's go to your phone calls. Eric in Texas, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Eric in Texas. Hey. Hey, uh, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for the uh, amazing interview you guys did with Barry Cooper. Uh, the other night, I uh, just finished listening to that. That was awesome. Well, thank Barry for it because uh, he was the one that held on for over two hours to wow. talk to us and our callers. And, of course, if if nobody had called in, the interview would have only lasted an hour. Uh, but people had a lot they wanted to say to Barry. Yep. Barry yep. Cooper, man. He's cool. People can go get that interview right there on the front page, by the way, at freetalklive.com if they missed it. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you. Um, I was talking to a, a libertarian friend of mine uh, today. Okay. about a situation that came up over the weekend. And when I told him my opinion of this situation, he told me I was a hypocritical libertarian. Okay, give, me, give it to me. What was it? Yeah, here's what happened. Uh, an acquaintance of mine who has a wife who is about eight months pregnant uh, got uh, busted over the weekend for oh. his third DWI, oh, no. which in the state of Texas is an automatic felony. What's the penalty? Uh, I believe the minimum is five years, but I think they can probate it out. Wow. Um, and uh, and I expressed to my friend, I was like, you know, I, I think the law sucks and all, but it, honestly, my acquaintances tell him, uh, was my opinion. I mean, he was, I, mean, I was there, I saw him that night, he was plastered mm. uh, and had no business behind the wheel of a car. And as much as I think it sucks that he got busted when he hadn't hurt anybody, he knew that he had two priors 
and he could have called any one of us to uh, to drive him home. Yeah, it's hard to feel too sorry for somebody like that, but like you said, on the other hand, he didn't harm anybody, so who's the victim? Yeah, it's right. tough. I, I have to agree. I mean, you know, when somebody uh, violates a law like that and, and they're bad at it. I mean, he's he's proven that he's really bad at this whole uh, driving and not getting dr- um, yeah. caught while, while drunk kind of thing. Obviously not too concerned about the consequences. Yeah. Uh, clearly yeah. not. So I... I, you know, I see both sides of this. I'm, I'm sort of of the opinion that, uh, that the government owns the roads, whether we like it or not, and I don't. Um, and they don't own anything. They, if you steal things, you don't own what you steal. Really, I think this piece of property that we're on now once belonged to Abernathy Indians. Why did you give it back? I didn't steal this property. Oh, oh, I see. Um, well, neither did the people in the government that now have the roads, because somebody stole it a long time ago. So anyway, the government has the roads, controls the roads, and those are the rules of the road. Uh, of the road, and you know, uh, I think those are some of the last rules we should go yanking out. And driving while drunk, really bad news. It's a tough position to take as somebody that uh, somebody that loves liberty, but I'll I'll take it. Uh, I think that I don't know if it is one of the last things, Mark. I mean, as far as from a PR perspective, it's a t- it's a tough issue. Uh, it's something that will be very difficult to communicate to people. But I think that a lot of people's lives are ruined and turned upside down by getting these DUI charges, and their their driver's license are suspended, meaning it's near near to impossible for them to go and continue working uh, because most people have to drive to get to work, and so it really can throw somebody's life for a loop if they make this little mistake and you know drink. Most people, a lot of people that get DUIs have just drunk a little too much. I mean, some of them are just above the limit. They're not necessarily driving dangerously. So yeah. so DWI. WI doesn't necessarily uh, mean that they were endangering anybody at all. Now, if you, you've actually harmed somebody or you're driving to the point where you are driving dangerously, you know, going the wrong way down a, 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 a one-way street uh, that's got traffic on it or something like that, then I could certainly see there being some action taken. Uh, but generally, I think that there, there was a great article over at LouRockwell.com that really outlined some great reasons why DWI should be legal uh, in that... If you are drunk and you know you're drunk and you're at a bar or something like that and you want to go home, if DWI is legal, then you could go five miles an hour in the right-hand lane or you know, very, very slowly drive yourself home to the point where your reaction time won't matter if you're driving slow enough. You, if you're going five miles an hour, you can have pretty slow reaction time and you'll probably make it home in one piece. Uh, but people can't do that today. If they're drunk today, you can't go putter around at 10 miles an hour in the, the right-hand lane. Some cop's going to pull you over for driving too slow and then find out you're drunk. So, yeah. well, so about, we could probably save lives by legalizing DWI and making it illegal or whatever to uh, just put people's lives in danger. Ian, I always like the, uh, I don't even know what you call it, I guess the, the inconsistency of you can't drink and drive but you can't be drunk in public. Yeah, so you that's can't a great walk one. home. You can't drive home. Uh, yeah. You know, what are you supposed to do? Right. Yeah, well, you know, there are a couple levels of, uh, of thought here. One is for those of us who don't support codified laws in the first place in any way whatsoever, this is sort of one that's difficult for us to to grasp, and we don't we don't uh, abide by the concept that the government has any legitimate claim on the roads in any, any way whatsoever. Um, and I think that's sort of what you know Ian and Mark were sort of uh, disagreeing about a little bit earlier about the ownership of the roads. Whether it's legitimate is one thing, or it's illegitimate. They is 
possess the roads. Right, they they do possess them, and it's it's a matter of of uh, working within that sphere. Uh, many libertarians who don't adhere to the anarchist, anarcho-capitalist point of view, uh, although many of them uh, will eventually be there, I believe, um, they will say, look, uh, the only rationale for law or for prosecution is if someone has been harmed, as you say. And so that's where the crux of this seems to be. If no one has been harmed by this individual, if no one, if there is no victim, as we were discussing before with the methane thing, then uh, is, is the state justified in taking some sort of an action? Well, unfortunately, the state sets up all sorts of these parameters beyond any sort of direct conflict, uh, as in harm or anything that's been brought to someone, to try to be preventative. And that opens up a whole ball of wax. Um, I, I tend to look at the opinion of if you did have private roads, then you would have some sort of private mechanism that would arise where they might actually, if you were to pay for it uh, for a private road, they might even actually have a service to take you home. That's well, a possibility. Likely, sure. if, if we had actual restitution, um, a, a system that really did give yeah. restitution to people, I think that you would find that uh, that the punitive sort of restitution that would come with murder or uh, man, you know, like some kind of negligent manslaughter, like uh, a, like getting in drunk and hitting somebody, that, that would be a negligent manslaughter yeah. as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Those the kind of punitive damages that uh, arbitrators or juries or whatever oh, would yeah. give to these people would probably be something akin to winning, winning the lottery. I can tell you yeah. that if um, if my wife had to make a choice between me or twenty million dollars, she'd probably pick the twenty mil. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and like I understand that life would be good for them, so it wouldn't bother me as much. You, you understand the, the the punitive trades. Now, I'm not saying in the case where you accidentally kill someone, because I would think that arbitrators or juries or whatever would make a differentiation between something that is, uh, you know, ba- you know, some way to kill someone that's bad and some way to kill somebody that's sort of accidental. Sure, but it could have been prevented. If you're talking about a uh, DWI situation, you're talking about somebody drinking, getting right. behind the wheel of a car, and then somebody dying as a result of that. It was totally preventable. And if people actually, and I, I'm glad you brought this point up, the point of restitution here, if people actually had to pay restitution to those who were victimized in those cases, that would be a major deterrent. To somebody getting behind the wheel of a car while while drinking. I mean, a couple. Usually, it's like a few thousand bucks that you have to pay into the state if you get caught with DWI. But what if you had to pay twenty, thirty, fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, or more than that to well, uh, to it, somebody who's who who was victimized? People that are that are watching that are going to uh, tell themselves, "Wow, you know, this is pretty serious. I better be careful." You know, the the fact is, you could, and I think that this would be borne by sort of common law, you know, like old time laws out there, is that essentially your life would be forfeit at that point, and the money that you made would more or less go to the family. Yeah, you'd be working for them for the rest of your life. You would. You know, a way to get around this is to just not have the state, is to just have it all done privately, and then you'd have to agree to it. You'd have to have some sort of insurance liability to get on the roads. There'd be different types of roads for people who had the insurance and these types of systems. Right, then you'd owe the insurance company. Yeah, so the the conflict between the caller and his friend wouldn't exist if we had the private system Eric, because they would be in different systems. Any other thoughts, Eric? Eric in Texas? Or we <laughs> lost like him. You guys talk too long. Hypothetical. <laughs> I, I just want to pose this hypothetical to you, you guys, though. Let's say you did, you know, you could solve these problems by creating a, a private marketplace uh, where uh, differing people of, of differing interests would have different types of roads. Let's say there were a group of people who said, you know, I don't want to pay for the insurance, and they go out on the risky roads that are out there. Okay. Right? Uh, if somebody gets killed, they all knew about it. Do you think there would be a tendency 
for the people watching it outside to say, oh, that's not right. Something should be done about that. And to try to start pushing back for the state. I think there's a chance that people will always be pushing to rule over others. That's a possibility. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we launch here in hour number two. We continue with your phone calls. That is the point of the program. Still to come, however, uh, Garter, you had some story that I spotted Saturday night. Uh, what was it? That the you Civil War. Up? Oh, yeah, the Civil War, Civil War historical history. protection, etc. Yes. We'll get to that. Uh, but your calls are primary. First, we go to Dave listening to WAIS in Ohio. Hello, Dave. Hi. Back in my mom's generation was peace, love, and tie-dye <laughs> in the summer of love. And yeah. um, they were living in communes. In my generation, the 70s, they came to realize that the commune life was a complete, utter failure. Yeah, I think anybody that's lived in a commune for a little while can probably figure out that things could be done a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe there are some communes out there that are really just on the ball. They get their chores done, and they keep the place clean. It looks nice. No stench? I, I don't know. There they must usually, be some really nice communes out yeah, there. They I've usually never seen don't them. last that now long. I'm hearing like, people are wanting to go back to the commune life. You know, it, it, it's it's amazing how people don't learn the lessons that other people have learned. They think that, well, our motives are more clear and natural. You've got a group of Puritans, religious zealots, that come to the uh, come to the uh, you know the new land, and they can't make it work. Well, they don't even know, people don't even know that story. People I know, don't know that America was like started as a communist nation. The first hour that the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock realized that. This redistribution of real in the commune life was not working, right? Right. Yeah. right. Well, you see, what it, what it is, Dave, is people have to apparently make the mistakes for themselves. I mean, it just seems to be that's the way it is, whether you're talking about uh, people trying communism again and again and again, or if you're talking about somebody who's making a mistake in their relationship, uh, and you on the outside have made a similar mistake. This happens so many times. You tell, some, uh, you tell a friend of yours, hey, you know, so-and-so is no good for you. Uh, you know, this is gonna, not going to work out. And they say, no, I love so-and-so. This is going to be fine. And, well, you were right. Because you've had a situation like that before, you don't find out. Of course, the, the other individual doesn't find that out because uh, they don't believe you. They don't want to believe you because they're just so enamored with whatever it is that they've told themselves about this other person, or in this case, about this idea, communism. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're so enamored with the the concept of it that they say, "Oh, well, you know, you just made a mistake when you were in that relationship, or, or you yeah. communists made a mistake when you tried communism." So uh, I'll just go ahead and give it a shot, and yeah, I yeah. tell you, I can make this work. And and, it yeah. doesn't work. And all evidence to the contrary. They keep going at it, and as long as they can force somebody else to do it and they don't feel like they're feeling the direct harm uh, from it, it makes it even worse. At least the people who voluntarily go into the communes and fail themselves, they only put themselves at risk. That's true. And and the other people who have voluntarily gone in there. Uh, government, when you apply that socialistic mindset to things, uh, it destroys everybody. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Dave? 
That's it. Thanks Thank for the you. call. Appreciate it as always. 1-800-259-9231. You know, I think that there are some people who can take advice from others, but it seems like most people just really need to experience the mistakes themselves and learn from their mistakes. That's what it seems like. I mean, we've talked a lot on this show about liberty and about being active in the liberty world, whether it's doing political stuff or outside the system market-based stuff. And there are still people, when we talk about the Free State Project being, uh, in my opinion, the best answer for, for liberty in our lifetime, uh, or the idea of concentrating activism, but I think the Free State Project's the best example of that. So that's why I talk about the Free State Project, plus I'm a member, and it's it's working. Uh, so we can point to all this. We can say, well, it's a, it's a brilliant idea because of this and this and this, and the liberty movement has failed because of this and this and this, because there just haven't been enough of us, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. We can give all the logical reasons as to why what has gone before has not been that successful. Yes, it has gotten us to where we are today, so I'm not completely down in it. Uh, but it's not, as, it's not been as successful as it could have been had we had concentration, had we had a bunch of people in one place doing liberty activism. But there are people who are brand new, whether they're 18 or 20 or maybe just for the first time 40 years old, maybe getting interested in, in the political system, like the Ron Paul campaign brought a lot of these yeah. people on board. A lot of these folks who had never really been experienced in the realm of politics, they didn't really know what it was that they were getting into. They got really excited by the liberty message. But when they hear us saying things like, well, that's great, you should... Give that a try and give it your best shot and see how it works out for you and sure. then let us know. We'll Go be here in New Hampshire. Write a blog. Right. That's we'll be idea. here in New Hampshire waiting for you when you're ready to actually do something that's going to have some real effect. They get upset, understandably, because, well, you know, they don't... Right. Everybody's idea sucks except your own. Well, and they don't yeah. want to... I mean, they just discovered this liberty thing, and now people are telling them, hey, if you want to be most effective, you should uproot yourself, change your life, move to New Hampshire. That seems undesirable to those people. They, right. they I got tell a girlfriend, I got a job, I got a family, I've got family, you know, in wherever I am. Right, and so a typical response that we'll see to promoting the, the Free State Project idea, which for those of you that don't know, is the idea of constant concentrating as many liberty activists all in the same geographical area, New Hampshire, as possible. And so when we propose the idea, a lot of response is this sort of immediate, whoa, why can't we have 40, uh, why can't we have 50 free state projects? Well, because, because of why we just worked, told you. That hasn't worked so far. Right. We've explained to you why you can't have 50 free state projects. But go ahead. See how it works out for you over there in Ohio or wherever it is you are. Mm. And let us know. Maybe we're wrong. It's possible. You know, maybe that, uh, that we just maybe the, the liberty movements around the country have just been well, missing some element that I you that can come up with and, and start to make it work. I mean, the, these guys in Virginia over uh, at the Bureaucrat Social website, which is a great website. Site, by the way, uh, there's uh, there's a thread or a few threads going on where the there's some activists in one area of Virginia. They call it the Tidewater region, who claim that uh, they've got like 400 plus members of their Libertarian Party, allegedly dues paying members, over wow. 400 members. Wow! And uh, they claim that they had you know like 50 percent of the people vote for or, or close to. 50% of people vote for their candidate in a mayoral election or something like of that. There were only two candidates running and they lost. They did lose, but they also well, said on, they had wait, like a twenty. In Sarasota, Florida, where we had how many dues-paying members? Ten. Yeah, is that right? Uh, we had a um, House member uh, run, and we got thirty-four, thirty-seven percent when you in ran a the campaign. Race. 
I didn't run that race. It was a, well, it was a two-way race, but still. Right. So what is the value of your 400 members? You know, I didn't, didn't make work. that point. I didn't make that point, and I didn't even actually think of it. I saw those numbers, and I thought, well, you know, maybe these guys are doing something good. Maybe there's something going on here. Of course, they're not winning. There's not really any liberty happening. Nothing. The, the tide of government hasn't been stopped, but it hasn't been stopped here in New Hampshire yet either. Uh, so that's why I encourage those people, like, hey, maybe you guys are doing something right that nobody else has done around the country. Good luck, and we'll be paying attention, and, and all of your good ideas, we'll borrow them up here in New Hampshire. I mean, if you guys can make it work down there, great. We'll, great. we'll take them for up here. So I want to be as positive to, to these people at, as possible, but at the same time also hopefully encouraging some of them to, look, learn from our mistakes. We've spent years learning the hard way how not to do these things. Don't just bumble into this, and there's no point in making the same old mistakes over and over again. Whether you're not, even if you're not going to move somewhere, even if you're not going to join the Free State Project, if you care about liberty, don't make the same communications mistakes as others have. Get in touch with the advocates for self-government. Pick up a book, pick up an audio CD set, and learn about the uh, the, the methods to persuade. Learn about persuasive techniques and tactics. Learn about how to be a better liber- uh, liberty-minded communicator. These are things that will help you. You don't have to rewrite the book on these. Somebody already has written the book. His name's Michael Cloud. It's called Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion. And they're very useful. So there's no point in redoing all the all of this the stuff that has gone before. But yet people have some sort of internal insistence upon it. There's some level of, well, you just did it wrong when you did it. I can do it right. That's the yeah. attitude. Yeah, and it's, 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 a, it's a human attitude. So I'm not faulting anybody. I'm sure I'm guilty of it in, in several areas as well. You, I mean, it, it's, uh, I guess it's, you have to be humble in order to, to say, yes, you have gone before us and, or, or me, and you do know what you're doing in this particular area, and I respect your view, and I will do my best to adhere to as much of your, uh, the advice that I believe is good as possible, yeah, the instead of just rejecting it out of hand. The marketplace allows for competition of ideas, and it, we're hoping that people will recognize that the Free State Project idea, as in New Hampshire, is the best idea, and I think they'll over, turn to that. Over time, that'll be inevitable that people will come to that conclusion when when we can point to the the bevy of successes that we have had, and we continue to have more and more successes. I, for one, think it's a success just the fact that the population of activists here in Keene has more than doubled in the last month. I think it's a success every single new person that moves here to New Hampshire. I think each one of those people is a success. How many people can say they've got active liberty people moving to where they are? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. For your download and convenience, totally free at freetalklive.com. And FunKnobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. FunKnobs.com is the creation of parent company InnerKnobs.com. Online since 2004. Use code FTL to save 10% at FunKnobs.com. And again, FunKnobs.com. We continue with your phone calls. Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to mention... That, uh, you know, some new members are going to be sworn in tomorrow in the U.S. Congress, including uh, United States Senator Gene Shaheen. And therefore, <laughs> oh, oh, you okay sorry. 
Sorry there, uh, Tom. <laughs> I know, but well, I got a point to make. Though. I know. You're hurting Gardner. Uh, here's the thing. Please be gentle. Uh, they've got uh, their websites are going to become active with uh, electronic means of contacting them, whether they're U.S. Uh, Lawmakers or, you know, a lot of state representatives and state senators and such around the country are being uh, sworn in uh, as the days go by uh, all across the country. And these are new people that we haven't harassed yet. So uh, we can <laughs> go online and click on there. Send a message to uh, Assemblyman Sh uh, Schmuck. Okay. Dear Assemblyman Schmuck, please. Uh, just a note to congratulate you on getting elected to the state assembly and to demand that your government immediately call off the war on drugs and release all the POWs. Man, Remember, awesome. the only reason your government gets away with imposing drug laws is because good cop killers are hard to find these days. Oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think I might line, leave that Tom. part off, Tom, but <laughs> that's an excellent point that these people are going to be opening up their websites, and it would be really funny to flood them with stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, Tom, man. for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from yep. you. 800-259-9231. Now, Tom isn't the most tactful of communicators. However, his point is still fairly accurate. Stated in other words, the reason why the police continue or the government people continue to get away with this is because people put up with it. Yeah. It's because people put up with it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the reason why – and we're not just talking about the war on drugs. I'm talking about everything. There is yeah, a every regulation. There's a docility on the, on the part of society to yep. accept government as necessary, particularly police protection, as a so-called necessary evil, as we've always been told. Right. When, you may not like it, but you have to have it. Right. No evil is necessary. I'm sorry. It's just not the case, right. at least the whole when you're talking is, about created by man. With, I, I, you know, may, maybe that's so. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. But I think that uh, – you think evil's necessary? Is that what you're saying? Possibly. Uh, it's it's possible it is necessary to use force in order to get uh, people that would use force against others to comply. Um, however, I think that we'll likely. If you're talking about defensive force, then that's, yes, that's I think okay. I, I think that having an organization, perhaps, to uh, you know, deal with this force. That's fine. And the threat, the threat, the potential threat of defensive force. I didn't really want to force. debate that particular point. Right. How, what I would like to debate, <laughs> of course not, however, because you'll lose. They, well, <laughs> Go ahead. I certainly wouldn't do a two-on-one. Um, however, I, I, I'd say that it seems likely that we'll get there to uh, the, the point of full liberty uh, through steps by step increments, and it would seem like the cops would be one of those last steps. Not yeah. one of the first ones. Yeah, definitely. Because people just don't understand. Well, they're going to have to back down. I mean, the cops are, I think, going to have to oh. be one of the first steps, actually, because they're going to have... I'm not saying that you should... I'm not saying that one of the first steps will be to completely marketize them. I'm saying they should back down and do the right sure. thing. You know, I was I was chatting with someone last night, and uh, was it Manuel? I, I can't remember if it was Manuel or my friend Stephen, Stephen Smith, who has a great blog site at beginnersguidetofreedom.com. Might have been Manuel Laura over at uh, Lou Rockwell. We were just on the phone chatting, and uh, I was. Uh, someone said... You know, why is it that people, when, when they go to try to eliminate government involvement in certain things, uh, they, they take on these things that really don't have that much impact on people? For example, uh, the National Endowment for the Arts or the National Institute for the Humanities or whatever. You know, these things... Yeah, okay, there's a certain amount that's taken, and it's immoral, it's stupid. It's so they put Jesus, Jesus, they put a crucifix right. of Jesus in, in a glass of pee. Right. It he was said, offensive. He said, when you actually <laughs> come tough. down to it, you know, the, the other things, like the police forces, the fire forces, all these things, the ones that people really think are necessary are the ones that are draining huge amounts of money along with the welfare state. So so it's fascinating because I said, yeah, he goes, you know, it's it's the stuff on the periphery they think it's easiest to eliminate – 
And yet that stuff, since it's the easiest to eliminate, is is really not as harsh on people's lives as the other ones that are out there. Is the police that forces, it, the arbitrary court system, things like that. Is it that those people that are advocating those changes believe it will be easy? Or or is it that, I'm sure there are various different answers to this, but or is it that they believe that that's their pet issue? Like, Jesus has been, you know, they have offended Jesus with this art presentation, and so therefore there should be no more money for art. Yeah. You know, or is it just because they've picked an issue well, and that's what they're running with? They, uh, the, the Republicans out there, um, the conservative types, they, they definitely don't like certain government programs. And I, you know, right. th- this, is, this is the direction I came up. I'm of the opinion that uh, forced redistribution of wealth is wrong. But... It took. I never, ever, ever was able to apply that in my mind. I just to didn't spend any time to, to apply that to the military. Right, right. Half of the national budget. Right. Right. Well, that's right. because the guys in camo are good guys, They're but the hippies, the hippies making that artwork. Oh, and, and the circular logic of it is, is truly remarkable. We've got to have this group that will protect us from having our wealth redistributed against our will. And in order to get this group <laughs> that will protect us, we have to have our wealth redistributed against our will. Yep. And I mean, now we're right around it's, it's back circular. to where, yeah, we're, we're right around back to where we started the conversation with Mark uh, advocating the group taking uh, forcibly your wealth in order to allegedly protect your freedom. Well, that's you know, a good point. It's a good point. But but I think I think Mark's I don't know. It, it is interesting because again, it's another circle. I think Mark makes some good points. You know that the small L libertarians will be able to whack away at certain types of things. I think personally, I think any way you can express this. Any way you can get people to recognize this is is important, whether you do it in these stages where you say, look, this is an inefficient program. This could be done privately. This is this bailout is stupid. People could have bought this the, these cars themselves. Uh, this is ridiculous. This harms economic efficiency. Uh, all these types of things are immoral. Why should someone who's not harming someone else and so on and so forth? And then you, and or you could just present the, the, the this really powerful logical thing of, you know, how can you establish a state to protect people's property when in order to protect? their property by using the police force you've got to take their property it's a powerful logical argument however it is so powerful it shuts people down that's they just just cannot deal with we don't need to go there first and it goes back to what i was saying before about how about how no i'm talking about as far as what's going to change yeah uh the police force doesn't need to be eliminated or marketized immediately it just needs to do what's right it needs to make the changes that are necessary to stop enforcing bad laws if the police and the courts would stop enforcing Enforcing bad laws, we'd be halfway there. I mean, we'd be, as far as a lot of the activism is concerned, it'd be a lot easier to just go and do other things. We didn't have our friends being thrown in jail cells for well, things that uh, they had, that have not harmed others. So, in order to get that to happen, it's not. Go- I don't believe it's going to take very much. Uh, Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com was talking about this recently. Uh, I think it was over at NH3.com, but pointing out that really the society that we have. This obedience to authority that's just so inbred in American people, if that cracks even a little bit, it's all over for the government because their system depends on nearly 100% compliance. They can handle the occasional straggler, but if a bunch of people just all of a sudden, you know, 1% just started disobeying, they wouldn't be able to handle it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gad. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. Uh, and Gardner, you were telling me that your website, libertyconspiracy.com, is in the process of being expanded. Yeah. You even hinted at a Gardner Goldsmith Liberty Conspiracy Forum that yeah. does. I, yeah, I, I think I spotted it. I was there yesterday, and it was very small at that point. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was completed, if you'd created it all of the forums yet, or had even invited anyone to it. So. Yeah, I've got. I've been working with my web guy, and he's been super busy, so I just emailed him last night, and uh, he's got it all pretty much set up, and I'm, we're not really ready to officially launch it. We're gonna Oops, have, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said Oh, it. no, and that's all right. That's no problem. We're going to have our blog for the Cabal members. Those are the people who donate and get in, and we're in this little group and so on, and they're always okay. coming up with great ideas. The conspirators, exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> In addition right. to that, <clears throat> sorry, we're going to have our uh, our um, forum for people to get in if they right. hear things on our uh, podcasts, if they've got items that other people have posted. Sure. Uh, it'll be a great place to congregate because there are so many people from all around the world that have so many neat ideas. I said, okay, look, let's expand this and do more with this. So I, I, I think, think it's a great, great idea, yeah. and I think it's something that uh, your website has been <clears> – <throat> I think it's been lacking in a little user interaction. I wanted it to be a long with time. You. It's been, that's yeah. one of my critiques, um, but I, th- I think it's a great site. It's got great audio content. That's the number one reason to go to Gardner's website, libertyconspiracy.com. Get signed up for his podcast, tune into his show, and get involved in the brand new forum. Over yeah, there. You can leave thanks. comments on the articles, but that was, the comments was really the only real interactive portion. Well, that was, that was one of the things. You know, it's, it's difficult because the guy who handles my web, website is uh, super busy a lot, and I've been thinking about, you know, should I just go on my own? own and and bile from blog of bile has been very helpful and offered a lot of assistance and so on but we stuck with stuck with the guy who's been helping me out and he's he it looks like he's got it together but there are a number of things i have to make sure i i know of uh so that all the cabal people who are 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 inside this little group i want to be able to give them access so they have their codes they can get in and start blogging they're awesome they're really good people some have their own websites and i figured look guys if you have ideas that you want put into an audio format we have so many subscribers it's really bizarre it's kind of cool so i said look if you want me to read these and turn these into audio podcasts, or if you want to read these things, let's start having guests in. This is one of the things that I find that a lot of websites don't do. They don't have guest speakers. If there's something valuable there, mm-hmm. all you can do is read it. So people can't download it, take it with them to work. And there are hundreds of other people mm-hmm. out there who, you know, maybe they would start doing it on their own website, but they don't have the time. They don't want to devote the resources yeah. to it. So I'm going to do it for these people. So that's for the cabal people. Then we have the forum for people who are going to talk about books, television movies, rock and roll, great music, you know, stuff completely apart from politics, and then civil liberties and economic liberties. You'll have to make some decisions. I mean, as somebody who's been running a forum for years on this show, uh, you'll have to make some decisions as to what level of moderation you're going to want to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the Free Talk Live bulletin board system, as we call it, the BBS, it's it's our forum. Uh, It has over 400,000 posts at this point. Wow. And, but... It's not all about just liberty. It's about, well, virtually anything. There there are very few rules on the Free Talk Live BBS. And as a result, right now, the number one thread on the forum is the Excellent Breasts thread. <laughs> In fact, uh, it's so popular, and this is really amazing. It really shows you the uh, the power of the, the people on this forum and how um, just mind-boggling this is. 
Little old Free Talk Live. Not the most popular radio show in the world. Certainly not. Little old Free Talk Live's forum. Not the most popular forum in the world either. That excellent breast thread is the number two search on Google. If you type in excellent breasts into Google, you come the up number, number two, two res- result wow. is that is that thread on the Free Talk Live BBS. If you put quotes around Can you excellent breasts. That compared to all the porn that's on uh, the internet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're winning against it is excellent great. It, yeah, it's just amazing. It's the number one. I'm looking number at the statistics. One, boobies? Uh, you know what? I, it's some... You can look, Mark. I'm not sure what it is. But uh, as far as people typing in search terms and coming yeah. to the Free Talk yeah, Live BBS, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the number one entry uh, oh, point for, for people coming into our forum. <laughs> so so it kind of it's interesting, I right? I mean, it. if, if we'd had – if we, now look at it this way. Uh-huh. Somebody could say, well, that's offensive. Breasts and nakedness, so that's offensive. Okay, fine. You don't belong in our forum. <laughs> You're going to – No, please. Do whatever you want. Go to uh, – yeah. Go but to think a- about this. Like – Imagine how many people, I mean, if you were to start up this forum and say, okay, well, this is only going to be for discussion of Free Talk Live, only for discussion of liberty issues, and that's it. We're not going to allow any sort of uh, porn or anything like that. That would have precluded hundreds upon hundreds, maybe even thousands of random people who were searching Google for excellent breasts, stumbling across the Free Talk Live BBS, and inevitably some of those people are going to stick around and say, what the hell is this Free Talk Live thing? And they're going to go and they're going to find out and they're going to listen and they're going to find out what Liberty's all about, just because they were horny and they wanted to see some boobies. There you go. I love that. The number one search is is some uh, (laughs) offensive thing about doing exercises to make your boobs better. Oh, that is offensive. It is offensive. <laughs> oh, are I you, think you I, I just well, no, I, no. I, I, what, I, what do I want to know about I I, toning, I love that lifting. I I love that at that added uh, cross pollination to yeah. use a you know loose term, but um uh again to use a loose term, but um you know the the idea that people are going to be attracted no matter what, they're going to go check it out. I think it's awesome. It's terrific. And you know, people want to people want to hang out with Pat Robertson, that's fine. You know, you're not going to attract those people, that's fine. But all these people who get into this and they check it out like you said, they'll discover something and they'll say Ah, oh, maybe I'll check. Maybe I'll I'll find out more, and then they'll tell some friends about exactly. it. Exactly, and awesome. they all did it's it on viral. their own. I mean, yeah. that's what the forum's all about: is allow allowing your users uh, to create their own content and to interact with one another. I didn't start that thread. No, I, yeah. I haven't even posted in that thread. And you know, so they all did that all by themselves. There's it's another amazing. feeling too of of kindred spirits that that you find. You know, like I go to the F. Paul Wilson website, the Repairman mm-hmm. Jack thing, and uh, and it's great. There's some really good people there, and I've communicated with them off off the website and so on. Just cool, cool folks. And I'm like, you know, this is a great example because I don't want to talk about politics all the time. I mean, shoot, every every week I do a, a podcast that has it's just rock and roll, and then I throw yeah. political things in there to make fun of the politicians. I throw audio file, audio sound bites in of Alberto Gonzalez sounding like a pinhead. But you know, it's between the songs, or I'll get on and I'll do a, a whole thing about the damned and the history of the damned, whatever. And and that's awesome. You know, for Halloween we did the, the monkey's paw in, in oh, a cool. dramatic reading. It was, it was oh, awesome. Neat. I'm banging out the piano to get sound effects and stuff for it you know it was really cool so why not i'm, I'm working on a skit right now and i'm not i better not say what it is but but you'll be, hear it if you're over yeah. at libertyconspiracy.com yeah exactly and, and those things it's interesting because we can track things and see how popular popular they are and you're right i know that if somebody comes across a goofy skit with barack obama calling me every in you know term of endearment in the book and then making some up instead of calling me sweetie he calls me brand flake or frosted flake or whatever <laughs> you know those sorts of things, I know that there are some people 
people who aren't liberty minded who are going to hear that mm-hmm. and they're going to say, "Oh man, you got to check this out." And we're going to get more Draw people in. interested. Yep, yep. exactly. Yeah. So head over to libertyconspiracy.com, get involved over there and watch as it matures into a uh, an even better website than it already was. Thank, thank you guys yep. both. Appreciate All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line and actually we'll continue here, guard. You've got a story. I wanted to get to this on Saturday night and you mentioned it here tonight and I'm glad you did because it's just Oh yeah. It's this one of those amazing. things that really burns me, man. Yeah. This stuff oh, this historic district crap. How perfect you should use that name. What, Burns. Burn? Ken Burns. Oh. That little sycophantic Flaccid. Doesn't he live in New Hampshire? Yeah, he lives in New Hampshire, somewhere around here somewhere. And, you know, he's Mr. I'm so touchy-feely. I feel emotional about everything that's real left-wing and liberal, and it's so wonderful. He's known for Ooh. doing documentary work. Yeah, and every documentary he, he does, whether it's about baseball or anything else, it all has to do with race. It's mm. all race, 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 race. And Doris Kearns Goodwin gets more screen time on that thing than I think, you know, like Darth Vader got in the third Star Wars movie. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So here's the story. It comes out of Virginia. There's a place called, uh, let me see, um, it is, it's a, it's a battlefield. battlefield. Yeah, it's called the Wilderness Battlefield in Virginia. And mm-hmm. um, the story says, it uh, comes from the Associated Press, uh, Walmart wants to build a super center within a cannon shot of this Civil War site. Not on it. Not actually on the site. But like within a quarter mile. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into the details here right. in moments. Hang on. 800-259-9231. More on that story and your thoughts. If you want to chime in and uh, let us know how you feel about it, should Walmart be allowed to purchase land near a historic site and do some business? 800-259-9231. Free talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and send us three bucks a month. Any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative, uh, alternative options. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the message of freedom. And that's a good thing. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, the AMP-only chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Another way to get uh, involved with the Free Talk Live and support Free Talk Live is to get in touch with our friends uh, at SACL CAI. Jason Osborne is a... Huge stand for liberty. Not only is he the main sponsor of uh, Free Talk Live, he's also a sponsor of the Ridley Report. He's a sponsor of the Never Get Busted series with Barry Cooper. Liberty Conspiracy. Too. Liberty Conspiracy. Uh, he did, you know, just everything he can seem to get involved in, he does. So if you have uh, accounts receivable problems, even if you have accounts receivable, turn them over to SACL CAI. They do yep. collections, early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. They will take care of your accounts receivable problems. It's not the reason you got in business. You got in business to do whatever your business is. Turn over the accounts receivable to SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Let's go back to the story here. Uh, Guard, you have it. It's out of Virginia where there's a Civil War battlefield somewhere out there. (laughs) Yes, sir. And apparently Walmart 
has taken an interest in building a super center somewhere nearby. Yeah, dude. And apparently the history buffs are very, very upset because old, decrepit buildings and fields that no one uses for anything are really important to them, and commerce and progress, not so much. Yeah, yeah, evidently, (laughs) excuse me, evidently you just can't have something that represents progress in families in middle America near the hallowed grounds that Ken Burns shot with all those sepia lens images (laughs) for PBS where your tax money was taken to make him wealthy. So, uh, yeah, it says here, out of Virginia comes the story, uh, Walmart buy, wants to buy a supercenter, or wants to build a supercenter within a cannon shot. Oh, what Isn't great writing. <laughs> what a clever writer. <laughs> of where Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant first fought. A proposal that has preservationists, you know... One person's preservationist is another another person's junkyard. Because somebody already used the term Luddite, and it just scares people. Exactly. Um, To protect the key Civil War site. Uh, Who's who of historians? It's not on the site in the first place. But even if it were, we can then take that and experiment with that, too. By the way, having the Walmart there, it's nice to stop at Walmart sometimes when you're on road trips. It's a good place to get some things that you need. Or Uh, go to the bathroom. Right. All those things. Walmart welcomes you to their bathroom. And whereas many places, uh, you know, on the road, not so welcoming. Yeah, yeah. You know, this would get more people to go to see the site. Exactly. It It makes it more accessible (laughs) for the average uh, American to go see this site. Absolutely. I've been to a lot of these. I really enjoy going to the Civil War sites. I I would personally like to see a Walmart there. You know, this this is a great example of. Well, I'll just I'll I'll say a little bit more about this to give you an idea of some of the great minds who are trying to stop the Walmart. Yeah, I'd love to hear what they have to say for themselves. Consumers, yeah. Uh, A who's who of historians, including filmmaker Ken Burns. Because, you know, that's the way he talks. I'm Ken Burns. I had no idea. I'd never seen any of his stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And people, I. Okay, I'm not going to say it. All right. The first time I saw him, I. All I'm going to say is once he grew the beard, then I realized, oh, it is a man. Anyway. Oh, my. And Pulitzer Prize winner, I was confused at first. And Pulitzer Prize winner David McCullough sent a letter last month to H. Lee Scott, president and CEO of Walmart stores, urging the company to build somewhere farther from the wilderness battlefield. Quote, the wilderness battlefield, it is an indelible part of our history. Its very ground hallowed by the American blood spilled there and cannot be moved, said the letter from 253 scholars. However, I, I'm all for encouraging Walmart to build a little farther or whatever. Fine. Encouragement, good. Maybe Walmart will listen. Maybe they won't. But getting the town or the city to step in? That's not encouraging. It happens all the time. You've got zoning, and yep. zoning is a great example of it. And this is interesting because the town's interest, the people speaking out in favor of Walmart, what do you think their rationale is? Hey, man, it's about freedom. Mm-mm. No. Hey, man, it's about tax money that we're going to get oh, from Walmart. Oh, I see. So they want to be able to have Walmart move in. Walmart wants to move in. The consumers would like Walmart to move in, but, but nobody's the historians taking it, don't want it. Nobody's taking it from a pro-freedom perspective. They're just trying to justify it within the, the existing right. framework. Right, precisely. And, you know, this is the, this is the thing. Even if, we're, if it were on the land, the Civil War land, you know, I was saying a little while ago... The, Everything it, the the libertarian principle here that needs to be applied is that if there aren't enough people to support something in the market, 
yet people are forced to support it, then that's something they've been forced to support shouldn't have existed in its present state. Yes. Very clearly. And and I was also thinking that not only have the liberties of the taxpayers been dampened by this, but their economic well-being is hurt by this sort of thing. If Let's say even if we're on that land, because it lets us think about the fact that at times people's interests change. And there's just nothing you can do. If we're going to have more and more wars, right. now, then what's going to happen to – are we going to have hallowed ground everywhere? At a certain point, people <laughs> – you know what I mean? Right. You, you reach everywhere a reductio a out of Think about yeah, this for yeah. a second um, and, and how ethnocentric it is yeah. uh, to – you know, I mean, the, the people that fought in this war, by and large, white uh, you know, Americans that, that fought in this war. However, what about the, uh, the, the Indians that fought? God, there's all kinds of battles and, and – skirmishes amongst the Indians. That land not being preserved and protected. Largely, people don't even know about it. Um, you know, the, the the histories are lost on these things. We don't make attempts to find this yeah. stuff out. We, you know, what? You know, and, and I I brought up the point on 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 my little comment at the at the Liberty Conspiracy. I said, look, the only way that you can allow people to show how they value something is in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you it, no, it doesn't mean that people care about a Civil War monument or battlefield or anything like that if their money is taken from them and they don't even know anything. about about it you're not gonna you you don't teach someone to care about something by forcing them you don't do that and a, a great example i was of, of all things watching uh antiques roadshow from england okay and somebody came on with a punk rock t-shirt from the early days of the sex pistols at the 100 club in london when you know adam and the ants and and the clash was starting mm-hmm. to form up and the pistols were out there and they were all going crazy and this was a shirt from like 1975 76 something like that right it's considered an antique yeah and okay. it's it's really valuable now now that shirt would have been worth crap it would have been worth like a pound back then you yeah. know it was a dirty old shirt now it's worth like a thousand pounds or a hundred pounds, and it's just the subjective valuation. It's been shown that well, people actually value what punk rock brought. Mm-hmm. Now in Boston, there was a club that I used to visit all the time. It was a seminal rock club called the Rathskeller, the Rat, and it was in Kenmore Square. And I used to go there like two or three times a week to see bands like the Pixies, like Human Sexual Response, the Zulus, Volcano Sons, XTC played their first American gig there, the Cars played there, all these different bands, right? It no longer exists. There's a clothing store there. There's like Wait, a McDonald's. What about the history? What about the exactly? What about the value? Maybe I should have gotten Ken Burns to get his stupid falsetto emotive voice out there to say, <laughs> "Oh, but this reflects true Americana." Well, right. I'm sorry. You know what? If I can't convince people enough people in the private marketplace that it reflects true Americana and value then I don't have the right to force them to pay for it because somehow by doing so I'm I'm creating some uh, sense of a, a feeling for history, an appreciation of history. Let people appreciate the history they want to, Absolutely. and I'm not going to force them to learn what I'm going to make them learn. And if they appreciate the history they want to through a voluntary means, they support the uh, the initiatives they support, and they don't the others. I mean, if they love the Civil War battlefield, they can go and they can become a, a patron sponsor, and they can help uh, you know ensure that it continues to be preserved in the way it has always been. And indeed, if like you're saying, you know, let the market decide if this piece of land is so great and people value it so highly then why is the guy that has the plot of land next door selling well, i mean it, why is he saying if it was so valuable this would be like wow this is where the civil war happened it's so valuable you I'll make a hotel 
People right. can move in. I'll make a cabin where people well, can stay. It'll be just like that arena, that area, or something. Who knows? As though this land in, it isn't overgrowing the, uh, the 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 evidence of this battle in the first place. It's not like this battle was the day it w- after it was fought. There are not no. stinking bloated corpses right. of American and uh, Union and, and Confederate right. soldiers. Right, that would be the appropriate battle. preservation. Right, yeah. absolutely. Skeletons. Hermetically seal this baby up. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's it's overgrown and and there might be a few musket balls lying about yeah. that kind of thing and that you could find if you uh, that you'd have to dig up because they're buried you know i mean the, the nature isn't preserving this either you know what i say to all those historians like ken burns here's an idea take your own capital buy the land next door make yep. something that is as productive or more productive than walmart or just Out- sit on it bid walmart or just sit on it just buy the land and sit on it you can do that too. whatever you want more coming up that's a great suggestion hour three's on the way this is free talk live our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. Of course, the show is about your calls. If you make them, we'll talk to you about whatever you want. Otherwise, we bring up things that are interesting to us. Now, uh, coming up here, Mark, you've got something about... Hedgehogs. Hedgehogs, legal versus illegal. Uh, But I want to continue on the topic that we started up, or Gardner started a few moments ago in hour number two. And that is this... This whole idea, this Luddite mentality that old stuff, old decrepit crap, uh, old buildings and property that's just not has not been used in uh, hundreds of years is somehow valuable and great. And I understand there are people that believe this, and that's fine. It's their prerogative. I like old things. I love classic automobiles. I like old homes. I'm into that stuff. You can have all the old stuff you want. You can buy up all the old stuff you want, and I think that's great. You should be free to do that. The problem comes in uh, as it as it is coming in in Virginia and as it comes in all over this country when somebody wants to go ahead and buy up some old crap crap hole and destroy it, raise it, if you will, and then turn it into something brand new. Then, all of a sudden, all those people that love old crap come out of the woodwork, and they come down to City Hall, and they make a big not stink. Not all of those people, because I would That's not true. tell someone right. else how they have to live their life. I might encourage them, hey, man, you've got a really great thing on your property yeah. there. I, I love it, or whatever. Petrified poop. <laughs> Uh, so, the, so you're right, Mark. Not all of them will come out, but the busybody ones right. come out of the woodwork. And oh my God, it's historic! There are people that died on this field, and this was, we're talking about a uh, yeah. civil war. It was field sanctified in, in with American blood, is what they. Uh, That's they said. right, and we can't have any WalMarts being built within a five-mile vicinity, or it will be an insult to those dead men and women. Or if it's not that, it's something else entirely. Uh, it's this. It's also the mentality of. 
thou shalt not change. Uh, this yeah. town sh- will remain as it is until the day I die, or you will be damned. Yeah. I mean, this is the mentality that a lot of people have. Like, they move into a place, and they like they moved in for a reason at right. that time. They moved there. Remember that. They moved yeah. there. And then and they the- decide it cannot change from this moment in time. Correct. Right. This is a beautiful place. I want it to remain this way. I want it to remain in its current form for the rest of my life. Well, the funny thing is, what if it had remained as it was before your house was built? So you wouldn't have been able to move there. What if it had remained uh, without any indoor plumbing? I mean, yeah. you, you could go back and, and go as crazy with this as you want to. And only, they are crazy. It, and it's completely subjective. It only goes as far as they experienced it. But the people exactly. who might have been there 20 years before, they have their own opinions. And the people who come 10 years later, they have their own opinions. Right. And it seems to be a fairly popular idea that once you arrive, all progress must stop. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this is the same. You know, it's the same mentality that we see all over the place here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, where we do the where uh, from where we do this show. Right. They have some. They have a historic district, and I'm sorry to say that most of the buildings in their historic district suck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're not even that nice. I I, <laughs> I was up. I think it was a uh, New London. I think it was New London, New Hampshire. And man, yeah. they have some beautiful Victorian houses up there. Just some amazing stuff. I'm not saying there's not some good Victorians in Keene, but there's also also these uh, clap clapboard wooden rectangles that people are they're mm. just there's nothing to them well, rectangle is the know, right word but you know it's interesting too because then people some people whose motivations are slightly different they have their own profit motive but it's not a free market profit motive they then use those zoning laws or those restrictions yep. to take advantage of it in my town in Amherst Amherst I'm sorry I have to say it like lovey lovey you live in Amherst who <laughs> drive the Volvo lovey at the Great um, Poupon yes absolutely uh, anyway over there there's there's this one area called 101A Amherst Street. It's really the only direct route between the town of Milford and the town, the city of Nashua. Okay. Or, yeah. So, um, it, it for years that was zoned business, and they would not open up other zoning in the town of Amherst to business zoning. It was all residential. Ooh, it's got to be residential this and residential that. Mm-hmm. X amount of acres per house and lot and so on and so forth. And uh, this is just you know, a message for all the people who are small government libertarians. There is still tyranny in small governments, as you know. You better and believe And a it. lot of corruption, because what you got was the people who are on the zoning board or on the uh, board of aldermen in the town, ine- inevitably and invariably, they either owned land along that 101A route. The business or, route. Yeah, yeah, or they were surveyors. Along that area, well, they had buddies and had who friends yeah. who were in there. So they were uh, they were inter- interchangeable all year, uh, all uh, every year after year, and they would never agree that it was a wise thing to allow for a different business area. And then all of a sudden, as the population started to grow, you started to le- see the land values for this direct route between the two towns start to go up and up yeah. and up. And then what happened? Sure enough, in the only area that's zoned business, you get all these businesses moving in, and now there's traffic light, strip mall, traffic light, strip mall, traffic light, strip mall, and you can't get anywhere between Milford and Nashua. It is the biggest pain in the neck. It it is is at least doubled the amount of time it takes to get there from when I first lived here in the 1960s, 1970s. So it's not really about protecting history. It's about protecting their assets. It's about rewarding their friends. But it's all couched in the idea that, oh, we've got to keep these old 
buildings in their current form. How dare you want to replace <laughs> windows without asking our permission? And uh, so here uh, around this town, we they've got this historic district that they've imposed within the last couple of years. Yeah. So if you happen to live within the historic district or own uh, the now historic district, again, arbitrarily uh, drawn lines on a map somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you happen to live or do business within that zone, three years ago, it wasn't a historic district. It was just another part of Keene. Yeah. But now it's the historic district, and anything that you want to do has to go through some sort of approval board. You have to go in front of a board of bureaucrats and beg them to allow you to change the paint on you the know, building or if, change out a window or whatever. It, would it be possible to draw this to its most absurd conclusion? Because um, let's say you've got these historic districts where people live there and then they apply these new rules. I, a, a woman who lived near my brother in downtown Amherst, which is the historic district, she uh, ex- ex- extended her house just a little bit by about two and a half inches she had gone too far beyond the restrictions of the town. She Tear had to it have, down. She had to have the whole thing brought down and yep. put all back it's up crazy. again. Okay, so that damages her to the tune of X amount of money. She's got to work harder, <laughs> can't figures. spend the time with her kid, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, she's a single mom. She's trying to raise her daughter. By the way, she's incredibly gorgeous, too. But anyway, um, so here's what I'm thinking. What if I wanted to have a historic district in my town? hypothetically, on my street where at a certain point in the history of my street, there was a family who had like four really, really hot daughters, right? It was like the best time to live on my street. Oh, man, like hypothetically, yeah. you know? It was the best thing ever, you know? Could I prevent them from moving? You've got to keep these girls here. You've got to keep them here. It is the logical extreme. I mean, of that's insanity. the ex- extreme yeah. example of it. You know, to, to restrict people's freedom to do certain things when it's not injuring anybody else. And you have these other hypotheticals about, well, you know, it, it injures somebody's property value to have a truck sitting out there. So we're not going to allow that in the historic stage. Okay, yeah, so on and so forth. This property value a, thing is uh, it's, it's interesting. It's tricky. Because I, I understand where they're coming from, but property value doesn't truly exist you know it's um it's it's some number that some guy that is an expert gave you the translation is you're doing something we don't like with your property well Well, it's true that's our excuse it's it's true and and property value is real because it you know you you can sell houses somewhere near the property value of that house but then you start uh, you know you start getting into the the arena of what damages property value what doesn't damage property value how far can i go with it Mm. i mean that tree of yours is dropping leaves on my property and it's damaging my property Right. It's, right. it's all in the eye of the beholder. I mean, some people are going to say to themselves, well, uh, that your, your house is uh, falling into decrepit shape and uh, you're not taking care of your lawn, and so therefore that's damaging my property value. But on, on the other hand, I could say, as somebody who really appreciates freedom and the ability to do with my property as I choose, I could say that the fact that you're going to build a gated neighborhood next door to my house, let's say I've got a nice plot of land and you decide to put up an ugly gated neighborhood next door. I hate gated neighborhoods neighborhoods and i find them disgusting and i don't like the way they look i don't like the people that live in them and i mean i don't really mean that part but let's just say hypothetically i don't like the people that live in them i don't like anything about them so it's hurting my property value because my property was more valuable to me Mm -hmm. when it was a pasture out there and now you want to turn it into a gated neighborhood so you could completely it's all subjective based on how you feel about what is valuable to you the answer is privatize it all more coming up free talk live
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both totally free for you, and the webcam as well. All over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Are you an undergraduate, graduate student, or a recent graduate? Well, the Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break and during the summertime. This March, um, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation free. The IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. You can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California in Santa Cruz on March 7th through the 12th or Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th through the 19th. You can visit libertarianseminars.com for more information on both the spring seminars and the summer seminars. That's libertarianseminars.com. Let's go to Stockholm to the phones and the fun. Jake is on the line. Jake, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Yeah, hi, guys. I hey, Jake. Have a- <clears throat> I got a question for um, Ian. Ian, you're a pretty cold person. And, cold. I mean, in all, in all respect. I, I, what I is that supposed uh, to mean? <laughs> logical. You mean logical, uh, logical, analytical? Or do you mean I have cold right. hands? Because I do have that, cold that hands. Kind of, that's sometimes. kind of cold. Yeah, logical, analytical. And, uh, and uh, I have a question. Let's say uh, it's a hypothetical question. And uh, let's say uh, somebody... Uh, um, have enough money to just buy the piece of paper that the Constitution was written on. And he decided, or she decided, to just put it to flames, burn it. Uh, what, what, what would your reaction be? I mean, in a, in a free society, anybody would, care. would be able to... Yeah, you got it? It's his paper, he can do the hell he wants with it. Yeah. Right. It, it, that makes me cold. And, and in yeah, fact, it's, it, it's well. It's an interesting. It's an interesting question, particularly because the Constitution supposedly is supposed to be there to protect our natural rights to our acquired property. So, if we legally or or ethically, I should say, acquire the property of the Constitution, hypothetically, if it were you possible possibly, to do it, it's a great because hypothetical. it's not anybody's property, but, right? Yeah, let's say it were. Um, I could see it, the Constitution itself. Would it, it, it at least the spirit of the Constitution would say, "Go ahead and burn it." Burn me, yes. <laughs> it's well, fascinating. I can Very say it bothers me. First off, there are se- there should be several copies of the Constitution. I believe that there are several copies, and I'm not sure how many. But uh, I, you know, taking the idea that there are there is one, uh, you know, it, it would be it would be a difficult thing to um, sell simply because it's communally owned and. That's a disaster every time. But I'm sure there's something out there that's uh, of of great historic value that is privately owned, and somebody could – it would be a rare instance that someone would do something like this, take something that's valuable and destroy it rather than selling it to somebody else or or something like that. But it's theirs. I've got to say that if if, if they own it, then they should be able to do it. And if you use that particular document – I mean – that document's supposed to enshrine freedom, supposedly. If you use that, if you use the powers that were given by the government, um, or you know, the powers in the government, in order to stop that from happening, you destroy the value of the Constitution anyway. So the Constitution gets destroyed in either um, circumstance. What you and what you're talking about there. Anything else, Jake? 
Thank, no, that's all. Thanks Thank for you. the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I just don't... Okay, I don't get all sentimental over most old stuff. And, in fact, we're going back to the... I, mean, I guess we're still continuing this topic. The idea of historic districts and people trying to protect old, decrepit properties. There's a uh, church that may be going up for sale here uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, from where we do this program. And, apparently, one of the reasons why it's going up for sale is because, well, they just can't afford to have church there anymore uh i don't know if they're uh, if their attendance is dwindling or as if, many churches are if contributions are dwindling or both are dwindling uh but if, if effectively from what i understand one of the major problems with this church is that it's so old that uh, it's drafty and heating it is a very expensive proposition you think about it. I mean, you've seen the inside of churches, especially older churches. These things can be tremendous on the inside. You're heating a huge volume of air for an area where people can only fill in the very, very bottom portion of it. And so, of course, heat rising, you're paying right. thousands of dollars a year to heat the upper portions of this big room that most people aren't even in most of the time. So uh, so it's understandable from an economic standpoint why these people are leaving this old building. It's going to go up on the market marketplace somebody's going to end up buying it these guys on the uh, the local radio show here that's run by politicians it's a, a show that's kind of a politico show it's run by the local city councilors and people call in and they usually complain about the roads uh but in this particular case they were actually one of them was sort of suggesting sort of half suggesting that the city buy the building and this is a problem that we have here in that the city has gone around and bought all kinds of property and stolen property from people and just sits on it. Apparently, the city has a huge portfolio of properties that it just sits on and, and, and you know doesn't do anything with because it has no incentive to do anything with it. It doesn't have any incentive to sell it. It doesn't have any incentive to do anything with it. But aside from that, whether the city buys it or not, if I wanted to go buy that building – Tear it down and build something brand new, something that can actually hold heat. Yeah. Something could actually serve the uh, serve the uh, community with people, you know, serve people that are actually looking for a specific product or service instead of just another church, instead of filling the existing church building so with another progress. church service. Progress. So what I would consider progress, yeah. people would be outraged Absolutely. because it's a historic church. It's been there in the center of town since it was built, and it goes way back, and we need to keep heating this church forever. Well, hey, what? That, that is a great if, point. If one wanted to wanted to spend all the money for this kind of civil disobedience, one could very easily hold satanic mass in this church, and you know, like <laughs> decorate it in some horrible fashion. The Black Church of Tea. <laughs> you know, and just show them, look, church is not all that great. Now, how about I tear this down and turn it into a strip club? What do you think, huh? <laughs> that would be funny. Well, you know, over in England, uh, the first time I went into Bath, uh, they have a bar that's in an old church. And it does great wow. business. They had great. I, I was sitting down there with the guys on their quiz night. The, all these, all these guys. It was, it was a lot I, there, of fun. There's one in Brattleboro, Vermont. That's a, a pharmacy. Somebody's taken an old church, yeah, turned it into yeah. a pharmacy. I went into the pharmacy just to see what it looked up like on the inside. It's a great little how uh, they do it? gimmick. I don't know. It's just a pharmacy on the inside. But is it really big, like an in- indoor church, like it, really high ceilings and everything? Yeah, pretty wow. much. And you know, I think there's a there's a club over on the seacoast. In fact, uh, uh, one of the uh, folks who's affiliated with the Free State Project wanted me to go over to see the queers play over there uh last week i wasn't able to go and uh, i think that's an old church and you know you reminded me of something ian uh the city of manchester new hampshire just a couple of years ago 
Uh, actually, it wasn't the city. It was the state of New Hampshire. And I had to do some investigating. The and, other imaginary group. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I had to do some investigating because uh, they wouldn't give me the answer. I finally was able to get somebody on the air on the radio. I think it was about a year ago to talk about this. They had their list of endangered properties. And they have a panel decide which endangered properties are most valuable to be saved. Mm. One of them was a Catholic church in Manchester, New Hampshire. This, of course, because they can't operate anymore because they've lost all this money because of the child molestation oh, scandals. No. The largest, so the taxpayers are going to be bailing out this church. Oh, the geez. largest land-owning entity in the world, the Catholic church. Yeah. And they want to save them? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What sort of insane historic district nonsense is going on where you live? If you'd like to share a story, you're welcome to, or bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts awaiting you. Lots to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff over at bbs.freetalklive.com. If you send email, then there's got to be times when you're sending emails that you need to have kept private. If you go to privacyharbor.com, you can get a free internet account right now and uh, send private emails that are guaranteed. That's privacyharbor.com because normal Normal email is not secure. Privacyharbor.com. 1-800-259-9231. All right. So moving on from the historic nonsense topic to hedgehogs. Mark, what's going on? Hedgehogs now legal somewhere? Yeah. Um, Apparently they were illegal before. From this website is sort of written in gamerese. So help me. You know, so if I get something wrong, please forgive me. Okay. Um, This is from Kotaku.com. Okay. And uh, it's entitled, Gamer Kid Gets Hedgehog Legalized in Kansas. Judson King, 11, loves him some Sonic. Wow, he kids still play Sonic, huh? I guess. That's amazing. He probably did three years ago. Yeah. Listen to the story. Um, he asked his mom for a real hedgehog. Unfortunately, mom said, they're Banzord in, uh, under city code. So he worked for three years. Banzord means banned. Yeah. Um, t- three years. To I'm get guessing it. here. I'm not hip to the to all the lingo. I'm yeah. pretty sure. He worked for three years to get it changed. It's a heartwarming tale of a child's love and determination. Heartwarming. Yeah. It's it's a sad, sad story. It's is what pathetic it is. sounding like to me. Yeah. Go ahead with the details. And learning about uh, things like government and how to lobby and then go in, oh, go on t- TV later and spin the necessity of uh, of piece of narrowly drawn special interest legislation. Judson says he did research about the spiny rodents, daydreamed about him every single day, and oh, has 5,000 pictures. Of the of different hedgehogs, or the, the one hedgehog that he wanted? <laughs> well, just hedgehogs. <laughs> okay, gotcha. It, it, they make a little joke here about uh, the kid needs a restraining, the, the, the species needs a restraining to get away, <laughs> and then after assembling a weighty hedgehog primer, primer, primer. I'm never sure about it's that primer. one. It's both. No, I believe it's primer. We were corrected. All right. Uh, I, 
Okay. He got on the um, Wikipedia. Primer pr- slash primer. Primer, primer, He got the agenda primer. for Lawrence City's Council, and he made a strong enough case that the board agreed that there was no good reason for the continued outlawing of hedgehogs. You know what? I, and, and I'm sure there's more to this story, and I want to hear about it, but how, how much do you want to bet that if this kid was 37 yeah. and he was really into hedgehogs and he went in front of the, uh, the city council, they would have just rejected it right out of hand? Uh, he would have never gotten confused. Of them. Is this for real hedgehogs or is this for the video game hedgehog? The real deal. The real deal. So they wouldn't allow real hedgehogs. Correct. I mean, it's probably some over- overarching ordinance that essentially bans all pets Exotic except pets, certain ones. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. so yeah, you can right have cats, person. you can have dogs, you can have fish. Oh, I mean sea kittens. You can have cats, <laughs> dogs, and sea kittens, but you can't have. You can't have hedgehogs or anything else. So they've exempted hedgehogs now. You can have hedgehogs. But it's only because – I mean, am I right about this? It's only because he's a cute eight-year-old kid coming in front of the city council. He's 11 and, now. Uh, well, he was eight when he started. Right. Well, that's how long the process <laughs> takes, right? This is the system and how obs- just obtru- uh, obtuse and slow and awful it is. It took this kid three years. Now, if he started when he was eight and is now 11, he put in a good fi- – you know, almost 50% of his already existing life into, uh, <laughs> and into changing this. To, and, and, and this is – a, a meaningless little law. It's a pointless yeah. little law. Imagine the big ones where somebody has something of uh, value to lose or gain, and of, I mean a value uh, like if, a if business you, or something. Right, uh, the business businesses that uh, manage to you know they have uh, they're they're in a zoned commercial area, mm-hmm. whereas you want to get your uh, you know house into a commercially zoned area that essentially dilutes the pool of uh, of commercially zoned areas, and, and people would be against that. So th- in this case, no one really benefits and no one is harmed by this particular And who's going to uh, stand up against the kid? Rid of. Right. Who's going right. to go against the yeah. eight-year-old? Right. Yeah. It's like in New Hampshire, they decided that they wanted to make sure that pumpkins would be, I don't know, the official fruit or something in New Hampshire. I don't even know. Some stupid <laughs> thing, you know. And, and well, they, they that's taught, the kind of laws they want them to pass. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, they all went out there, and the governor went and complimented these kids for the diligence they had. Did you know, their teachers made them do this. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. They You know, they, they had orange T-shirts, and they all went into the state legislature and wore their orange T-shirts. You know, in the meantime, people's tax money is being used for a class where the teachers are teaching them that, you know, the only way to get anything done is if you go to Concord, you get T-shirts printed up, and you go and meet people to, what, get money used to print up flyers that say the official fruit or vegetable or whatever is the pumpkin. I mean, it was just stupid. Amazing. Yeah, it... the this sort of dumb emotional emotion based nonsense that people put up with indirectly because their taxes are taken for it is right. is truly phenomenal. And and your taxes were taken for this. And imagine if you're a tomato grower and, or whatever in in uh, or yeah, apple apples are huge right, apples. in New Hampshire. What if you're you own an apple orchard and somebody uses your tax money to pass pumpkins as the official fruit of the state? Hmm. Right. Well, so they'll be all a, a over signs. Bit in and, the eye there. Yeah, yeah. that's an insult. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know, and and these kids are taught. Well, this is the way you jam this crap down your neighbor's throat. Come on, kids, let's go, let's it. go, let's go. Really piss off some apple orchard guys, huh? Yeah. <laughs> After that, we can go, we can go moon them from the school bus. It'll be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so disgusting. Anyway, but this anyway, is what they do, right? And and people are so obedient. And we're going back, kind of coming back around to a topic we covered earlier here. The idea that. If people weren't so obedient and so go along to get along, 
then we'd have a lot more freedom because they wouldn't put up with all this insanity of historic districts or regulations or whatever it is we're talking about, in this mm. case, hedgehog yeah. bans. Yeah. Uh, if people weren't so damned obedient, instead of spending three years of his young life learning how to lobby politicians, going to boring city council meetings, the parents could have just gone and gotten the damn hedgehog when he was eight, and who would have known about it? Who would have known about who yeah. would have known that your son had a hedgehog in his house? Sure, some of his friends would come over, they'd see the hedgehog, they might tell their parents. They probably but wouldn't go any likely further. Likely the that. parents wouldn't even know that there was a law against owning a hedgehog. Exactly. Uh so so I guess what they had to do in this case was, well, that doesn't sound like a the, the, the son probably came to mom and dad and said, Mom, yeah, I want to get a Sonic the Hedgehog. So they, Amazon, the hedgehog yeah. Christmas? <laughs> you know, they, and, you know, they ducked it. They should have gone and bought like hundreds of what were legal to own, like you know whether they be uh, I don't know mice or um oh, what are those uh, guinea pigs? You know something like that, them. and released them in the town hall. <laughs> You know, just let them go some night. Like, okay, that's here's a neat some, idea. Here's a little lesson we're going to teach you. This is how there's, you really do. There's it. a law in Florida against uh, uh, you know you know that I have Oscar fish, right? You know what I'm talking about? I've seen them, I'm sure. I don't know what they are. It's Oscar fish. They're, they're a kind type of, of fish. They're kind of fish. It's, oh, you mean they're kittens. Oscar. They're kittens. They're kittens. Yeah. Sea kittens, right. Sea yeah. kittens. These, right. these would you. be uh, more like river kittens. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so from yeah, that's river. true. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. They should river, have been... River, lake kittens. Peter should have been more specific with yeah. their naming uh, schema, uh, schema. Water kittens Because that's discrimination against the river kittens. Absolutely. Calling them all sea kittens. However, I do have one white and one black Oscar fish. And since they're predatorial, I've named them after uh, uh, Vincent and Jules from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they're my baby-faced killers. What's in the suitcase? So, um, there's a law in Florida against releasing these into the wild. Yeah. And, well, the law hasn't worked because people release have released all kinds of Oscar fish and to the point that they've pretty much taken over the ever- Everglades. <laughs> they're so good at whatever it is that they do, which is basically eat little fish and breed, that they're 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 running out of you know indigenous species yeah and there's nothing anyone's going to do about it no there's no. nothing you're it's going to do. like that Apparently, kudzu stuff yeah the kudzu uh, yeah. invasive stuff but laws not going to stop kudzu from uh spreading sort of like this uh sec thing with this uh recent fraud case that the congress is hearing right now mm-hmm. with uh what's this guy madoff yeah. who defrauded there all were laws sorts of against people. that already yeah strange and it still happened and your laws didn't do anything people it was his kids who turned him in it wasn't the SEC. In fact, they, wow. they had been reporting to the SEC for eight years. Different people had been reporting to the SEC for eight years, and they did not investigate it. And he had really close ties to the SEC, so did his wife. Yep. Strange. Well, that's amazing. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. Just enough time to sneak in your call. Otherwise, we'll talk about a cop shooting a man in the back whilst handcuffed. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call if you make it now to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And I want to invite you to join us at the upcoming 
2009 Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March, the first weekend at the Nashua, uh, New Hampshire Crown Plaza Hotel. Same location as last year. was a great time last year. Should be a great time this year, March 5th through the 8th. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get registered to learn more about who's going to be speaking. Uh, there are lots of big names going to be there. Uh, people like Glenn Jacobs, Dr. Mary Ruart, Anthony Gregory, and so many more. Uh, you can get the full list over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. But the main reason to go is to meet the liberty activists that are living here in New Hampshire and many of them who are considering moving here to New Hampshire and get a feel for what it's like to be around hundreds of like-minded people, people who care about liberty and who are willing to do something about it because now is the time to get active and the people up here in New Hampshire that have come here as part of the Free State Project are some of the best activists I've ever come across and being around hundreds of them is an amazing experience. I recommend it highly. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live as well so we look forward to meeting you at the Liberty Forum. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum use our discount code to save 10% on your registration. That's 2009 FTL 2009 FTL is our discount code. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We'll see you there. Now, one of the reasons, uh, one of the, I think, motivating factors for a lot of people to, to join the Free State Project and to, to move here to New Hampshire is the amount of uh, police state insanity going on in this country. The just outrageous things that the police are able to, in, in many cases, completely get away with. Uh, with, with uh, even in cases with plenty of public outcry, the police are able to, in some cases, get away with murder. And it's happened again. Now, it's brand new, so they haven't necessarily gotten away with this yet. Yeah. Uh, because and if they get away with this one, man, that'll this be amazing. Is, because the video, video footage is incredible is amazing. Uh, Mark, you just saw it for the first time. What did you just watch over the uh, the last break? It looked like they were they were subduing a man who was on the ground and uh, who was face first on the ground. Uh, some guy. A cop stands up, pulls his uh, service pistol, and shoots the guy in the back. Yeah, I, I would, I would almost uh, say they had already subdued a man. He, he was in he cuffs was with allegedly. other kids. Well, I don't think he he was in cuffs yet. They on the video they show one girl's perspective where you see these guys. They've been pulled off the train about four guys, and they're mm-hmm. all sitting, legs out, butts on the floor, backs against the wall. This one guy's got his hands up. And he's trying to talk to these guys. It switches perspective to another person's phone from inside one of the BART train things. And he's shooting this thing. All of a sudden, the cops grab the guy's upturned hands, palms forward, as the guy is sort of sitting there like, he's almost like, hey, leave me alone, leave me alone. They grab him, pull him forward Mm -hmm. away from the wall where he was sitting causing no problems with all the other guys. Just talking to these guys. Pull him down on the ground. One guy puts, it almost looks like he puts his foot on the guy's neck. And another cop is behind him. They're pulling the guy's arms behind him. The guy seems to be sort of struggling a little bit. The man, the the cop behind him stands up, pulls out his gun, plunk, right in the back. It's an amazing video. You can see it if you uh, head over to, what was it? Let's well, see that. Freedom's Phoenix they had, and I Do know they? that. And um, You could also just search for Bart. Because that's apparently the the name of the transit system yeah. that these were cr- transit cops basically. I actually I just remembered I linked over at the Liberty Conspiracy, but you got to go deep into our video things. It's down at the bottom, but you'll right. see it. Well, you know we post all of our show prep links over the Free Talk Live BBS. But I mean, if you just search for Bart shooting, you'll find this video. Yeah. And uh, the story is out of Oakland, California. Here's the San Francisco Gate SFGate.com. And one of the things that as we get into this story, you'll hear the police chief's response here. And this is it's so common that when the police are caught doing something naughty, when they're caught doing something awful, red-handed like this, 
it, it is amazing watching them close ranks and protect one another. It's amazing watching the the level of uh, unaccountability and just the level of stuff, just absolute garbage behavior that the police are just allowed to get away with right off the top, right off the bat. Whereas if you and I had been doing something like this to a cop, you can better believe that they would not be asking the same questions that this police chief is about to ask here in this story. Mm. Bart's police chief asked for patience from the public on Sunday after video footage surfaced showing one of his officers fatally shooting an unarmed man who is on the ground on a station platform on New Year's Day and after attorney for the dead man's family said he planned to sue the transit agency for $25 million. Chief Gary G. said he too had seen video images of the shooting of Oscar Grant, a 22-year-old supermarket worker from Hayward, but G. said he found the footage to be inconclusive <laughs> and he said his investigator still needed to interview a key witness and that is the officer himself that officer a two-year veteran has not been publicly identified and has been placed on routine administrative leave that usually means he's getting paid to not mm. work uh, bard officials have said only that his handgun discharged <laughs> at about 2:15 a.m thursday at the fruitvale station in oakland and that the bullet struck the unarmed grant who had been detained with several others. Now, I've seen plenty of videos of police detaining people and arresting people and dealing with uh, people that are upset, dealing with people that are angry and are, are lashing out at the cops. I've seen a lot of that footage. And in this video, there are only two cops that are trying to uh, rein this guy in. But there are at least two other cops standing, standing right in the, just standing in the background. So clearly, if this guy was that much trouble, it wouldn't have been a big deal for those other two cops to realize that, to spot that, and to step in and offer a hand and to also, subdue him. Also, when you're watching the video, it seems, you know, and you've seen this too, Ian, there are graduated responses that cops get based on their emotional tenor. Uh, in in at the beginning of the situation, the guy's sitting there on the ground. Then he's sort of up on his knees as he's talking to these guys mm-hmm. with his hands up, sort of trying to plead his case. It seems that's yeah. the impression that you get. And then they pull him forward and throw him face down onto the cement. So it seems to me that their they response to him, they exactly their anger and their frustration over the guy actually trying to stand up and reason with these guys. But it's okay. They for don't them want to him talking back, and they pull him down. They yeah. can get away with that. They stuff. can get away with it, exactly. and uh, and they know they can get away with it, and they know they can get away with push, pushing people around, and they know that uh, if they uh, if something happens, they'll get a paid vacation. I mean, they these guys, a lot of these cops, and not all of them, some of them are good guys, but a lot of these uh, cops get into the policing profession because they know they can be bullies to people and have absolutely zero consequences for it. In fact, not even zero consequences. They know their buddies in the department will stand up for them. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is particularly dangerous is the atmosphere in which they work tends to lead cops, no matter how long they've been on the force, to have shorter temperatures and uh, uh, mm-hmm. temperaments in certain situations. And so what they do is, oh, I don't take, no, I won't take any guff. You know, you said they, they will be much more harsh and strict. And that itself can lead to problems when they don't think they don't think things through the way they used to. They've got their rules. You've got to conform. And who are you to answer? And they, they, many of them are still good guys, but they will be much less inclined to actually reason with somebody and talk to someone because they've been in there so long they just want to get something done and they don't want to deal with it. Now, when they go through excuses like this... You really have to wonder how many of them are good guys these days. Listen to this. Officials have not said whether the officer intended to shoot Grant, 
One source familiar with the investigation said Bart is looking into a number of issues, including whether the officer had meant to fire his taser stun gun rather than his gun. Huh. So they're just saying, well, you know, it could have been an honest mistake. He went for his taser, pulled it out, and shot it. Well, it was his 9mm. So I mean, what? It is really sad. No, they they have tasers that look like the guns. I mean, it it, it totally makes some sense to me. I I, I believe that that, that is makes, the taser the, in the same position on their belt as the gun. It might be very close to it. The tasers look like guns. They feel like guns. They're they're shaped like guns. Uh, yes, I mean that makes perfectly good sense to me. These really? aren't like the thing. Yeah, they they you know, these bizarre. are the ones with the, the shoot out little spiky right. things. Right. I end. thought they were sort of rectangular, and you sort of pressed it. And there are different types of tasers, certainly. Um, but you know, the, he had that gun out long enough to recognize what it was. You could, I guess you should you could suggest that he was in some sort of a, a, a rage and was not paying close attention to what mm. he was doing, but that's not an excuse. Uh, <laughs> that is not Definitely. an excuse for what is essentially negligent homicide, if that's the case. Absolutely. But you watch. You watch. This cop will get off on these charges. At the very least, it'll be a slap on the hand that happens to this guy. He might lose his job and get slapped on the hand, but nothing serious is going to happen to this cop. Whereas if any one of us did the same thing to one of them, we'd be executed on the spot. Well, when they came after us right. for, for that, they'd execute you on the spot. Which, by the way, I'm not advocating violence. We don't advocate violence on this show. Peaceful solutions are what we're all about. They but just, just gave the death penalty us. to a cop killer here in New Hampshire... And it got mm-hmm. tons and tons of coverage, and it's the first one in, I don't know, 30 years in the state of New Hampshire. No, Not for any ever It's citizens. the first one since the 30s. Since the 30s, thank you. Because cops are better than everybody else. That's the right. attitude. That's exactly what they think, and that's exactly how, how it's um, portrayed to us. And we had a caller on Saturday night that was, you know, acted that same way. It's only one job. You can get away with shooting an unarmed man in the back. That's being a police officer. We're done for tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow and bring you updates on this story as we know about them uh, tomorrow online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.